Welcome back to the Society Case Files podcast. My name is Robert and I'll be your host. Today I'm going to talk about Doctor Who, Hitman, Destiny, Wonder Woman, a movie called Fat Man, and Tenet. So we got a lot to talk about. I'm going to dive right in. First thing we're going to discuss is the Hitman series. Hitman 3 just came out and I pre-ordered it on the promise that I would get all of the locations from Hitman 1 and 2 included in the package. Uh, Essentially, I just had to carry over my progress from Steam and I should have had all of that stuff when Hitman 3 came out. I had a great deal on Green Man Gaming. It was 10% off and why not save some money? Plus, they don't charge tax. So it came out to be a good deal. I grabbed it and then like a day later... Uh, the company announced that you would not get Hitman 2 included in the deal, that you would only get Hitman 1, and that was only because they were giving away the Game of the Year edition. So they were going to discount the access pass to Hitman 2 dramatically, uh, 80% off or something, in order to make up for that. But that's still spending more money that you were told you wouldn't have to. Kind of a crappy bait-and-switch. So... Me and a lot of other people, apparently, uh, requested refunds, and I got mine almost instantly. And then the company came out almost that afternoon. I think it was the next day, but it was darn near close to that. And they said, hey, we are going to do everything we can, and we guarantee you will not have to pay for Hitman 2. We're really sorry about the confusion. Which honestly felt a little disingenuous, especially considering that they were obviously scrambling to try and rectify a situation that they messed up by not doing their research before offering the deal in the first place. And there's so many ways they could have fixed this already and still haven't. Now, I did give them another chance. I did pre-order it to get the deal from Green Man. And I have had a lot of fun replaying the first missions because I wanted to refresh my memory about the story. But now I'm up to the second game and I can't play it because they haven't finished it yet, or they haven't released it yet. And it's so disingenuous on their part. There's just little things that they could have done. First, they could be updating us as to what's going on. They just threw out some arbitrary, it'll be in the coming weeks date range, and we haven't heard anything. And I'm not entirely sure why they don't just give us a coupon or something to download Hitman to access right away. They know we have it. We did the carryover process so that it has all of our statistics. It shows that I have done these missions before, at least a couple of them. Uh, For those who have not played any of the missions, it would be really frustrating because it's not like these take a long time. I mean, individual missions, you are expected to play them over and over again. They release them episodically so that when you'd get them, you would be seeking out different challenges and achievements throughout it and leveling up that particular location to have new advantages and new starting locations and that kind of thing. But if you're just trying to get back through the story, uh, it doesn't really require too much of a time commitment. For example, one of the missions I just recently did only took about 50 minutes. And one that I thought was taking forever ended up only taking 37. So... Uh, these are not long experiences unless you continually go back and revisit them. Uh, there is a lot of content there, and there are different challenges that don't even involve the primary targets. So you do get quite a bit of bang for your buck. 
Now let's talk about Hitman 2's Access Pass. Right now on Epic, it's only $7.99 to get the standard edition of it. And that is a great deal when you think about it, but when we're all entitled to it for free, it seems stupid to even think about paying for it. I mean, unless you're just made of money and don't care, uh, you know, obviously this is just sort of a principle thing for me. And I mean, I've played it before. I can wait. I've got other things going on. In a couple days, Medium comes out, and I'm looking forward to trying that. That's on Game Pass, so won't even have to pay for that more than I've already paid. Um, not to mention whatever else I happen to have going on. Destiny, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Um, all around, I think that uh, Hitman probably was a lot better on the consoles, although I did hear that you couldn't download the PlayStation 5 version. If you had a PS5, you had to download the PS4 version, so that kind of sucked. I think that for the most part they did okay, but on the PC side obviously they dropped the ball and they just are not communicating enough. And that seems to be the big problem lately with gaming. Hopefully next podcast I'll be able to talk about Vampire, The Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, aside from competing with Warhammer 40k Inquisitor Martyr for title length, uh, they were supposed to release in 2020. And they did move the date out to 2021, but the last update on their site was uh, at the end of last year. I think it was September. I actually wrote their press folks and asked for some some updates, some information, uh, asked them to confirm that it was not actually canceled, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping to be able to talk about that next time. But as far as communications go... It's almost like everyone saw Cyberpunk talked too much, so now they've gone sort of radio silent, only offering things at a very low level and only when it's absolutely necessary. Uh, I'd like somewhere in between myself. Anyway, so that's really the Hitman stuff I want to talk about, mostly their debacle with handling the PC transition and and all that stuff. As far as gameplay goes, I'm not going to talk too much about that because it hasn't really changed Dramatically, You are still going into a sandbox mission, hunting down targets, looking for creative ways to take care of them so that you get more experience. It's, it's really that simple. Uh, it's just more levels and finishing the story, which I actually found the story far more compelling this time than I did the time before. time before, I was too caught up on just playing the game and doing the crazy stuff that they had set up for you rather than uh, paying attention to what was going on in the background, in the world of assassination, as they so call it. Anyway, so that's all I've got to say about Hitman. Let's move on and talk about Destiny. I know I talk about Destiny a lot on this podcast, but I do play it a lot, so it kind of is always on my mind. And recently I was thinking, as I finished getting level 100, finally, on this uh, season... I realized just how damaging bounties are to the game. They borderline ruin Destiny. And I say that because let's say you get a bounty for Gambit where you have to get sidearm kills, 25 or whatever, or melee kills even. Then you are focused on trying to achieve those bounties. You are compelled to do so. If you don't actively try to get them, the chances of 
finishing those before you've done 10 matches are pretty slim. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take you out of the mode of I need to win this game with my team and put you in a mode of I need to finish this checklist at all costs, even if it means that we lose the round. Because ultimately, I'm looking for the experience and the infamy that come with finishing those those bounties. And this is true of every activity uh, that requires a team. If you are doing um, a strike and you have to get a certain number of kills with, say, Void, then as a hunter, you aren't going to be able to contribute quite as much to the end fight as you would if you were playing, say, a solar hunter with Blade Barrage. It used to be that Blade Barrage could just trim down uh, final boss really, really fast, and that's not quite the case anymore, but it certainly does a lot more damage than trying to knife them and miss a whole bunch of times. So it takes you out of the mode of, I need to cooperate with my folks, and puts you into a sense of, well, it's my checklist, and I'm going to be busy with that until I finish it. And once you do, then you can focus on helping everybody, but then, of course, people in your team are doing the same thing you are just doing. And I think the way to fix this is to change the way bounties work for cooperative play so that the bounties themselves focus on completing the objective with your teammates as opposed to being so individualistic that it's I've got to get five finisher kills. It should be my team gets a certain number of kills or we finish X number of events together and Something like that. I don't know. It doesn't really work in practice as easily as what I'm saying because obviously I could just log in and sit and let my teammates do all the work. There are some things they could do to fix it. First, they could say that if you are in an activity, leaving the activity's sort of accepted path and running off to a lost sector or the blind well or whatever else you decide to do instead of the strike or whatever just doesn't count. Just make it to where unless you are with your teammates on the actual objective, then it doesn't count. Or make those lost sectors just blocked off while you're in a, an event. Uh, there was a lot of times that I saw people rush off to do things for different weapons and, and that kind of thing. And right now, if you need 150 Vex kills, that's pretty much the only way to do it quickly, is to abandon your team on some strike that has vex in a nearby lost sector and run off and do them or you're just not going to get that done anytime soon so all around i really do feel like they need to make some dramatic changes to the way that those bounties work and i think it would help the game a lot and it would be a lot more entertaining i don't think that the answer is to remove bounties or change the way they work completely the ones that are like for the gunsmith or for individual planets those are fine leave those alone they i mean that is solo content what needs adjusting is the cooperative content it needs to compel you to be more cooperative or it needs to change completely so that you still get some rewards for just finishing this stuff maybe just get rid of the bounties and make it to where you have to do 10 strikes in a week and if you finish 10 strikes then that's the equivalent of having finished eight bounties so that when you go and turn it into zavala you get roughly the same amount of reward that you would have received had you done your bounty work for that week. 
I don't really have a lot more to say about Destiny right now other than I have been really burned out by it. I just didn't really participate in this season very well. I don't like levels in the season anymore because one of the big things that I'm trying to get are all the cosmetics. And that requires you to get up into the 90s in the level. It's not hard to level. I mean, people were... I think people finished the 100 level mark in the first week or two uh, this season. I just didn't have it in me to play that much. Plus, Cyberpunk was out and I was playing the heck out of that. I think that Destiny itself is still a lot of fun. And I did have a lot of fun playing yesterday. I guess I just need more. Or maybe I'm just burned out because I have played way too much. But whatever the case, I think they've got a lot of things coming that are pretty interesting and they are addressing some concerns so uh, we've got a lot to look forward to as far as being destiny players but whether or not it's going to be enough for the uh, number of players they need i don't know but uh, anyway that's enough about destiny let's move on and talk about some movies since the last podcast uh, wonder woman 84 came out and I'm sure you've seen the myriad of headlines and articles and people's opinions about whether or not it's the greatest thing ever, total crap, somewhere in between. Uh, I haven't seen a movie quite so divisive in a while because I guess we just haven't had anything that has been a big enough mass appeal to draw the kind of numbers required to, uh, to get those kind of opinions. I personally really enjoyed Wonder Woman. We didn't have any problems with it, per se. I mean, there are plot points that I accept from other people's write-ups that are a little creepy or messed up. But while I was watching it, I had a fantastic time, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't watch it a second time, which that can't be said about the first one. I love the first one enough to have seen it many times, actually. But I have a new perspective on talking about films and and enjoying them. Uh, Kevin Smith was talking about uh, Avengers Endgame right after it came out. And he had this, basically his review, I put that in quotes, <laughs> was him summarizing the entire movie. Just going through talking about each scene and what he loved about the parts and how people played their characters and that sort of thing. And at one point he said, if I don't like something you're not going to hear me talk about it. But if I loved it, I'm going to talk about it all all day long. And I kind of really loved that. But I also think that there is room for us to be critical, especially someone like him who has experience making movies. It'd be good to hear some of his more critical opinions. But I also understand that sometimes criticism sounds like we're completely crapping on something. And... So it's really about vocabulary when it comes down to giving a movie a, a harsher critique. Uh, you know, if you start out with strong words like this is hot garbage, it's really insulting to the people who actually loved the film. It's better to explain why you thought it was hot garbage and never use uh, the inflammatory term at all to say things like, you know, I really hated this particular plot point because it didn't make sense according to X, Y, and Z. That's a heck of a lot better than saying this is complete trash. I hated every second of it. I don't even know why it exists. And ultimately, if that is your opinion, just saying, you know what, I didn't really care for it. Or just refrain 
from having the conversation. Unless you've got a very informed opinion, it's really unnecessary to let people know that you just hated something. Uh, I know that a lot of people are looking for opinions these days because without reviews, we get burned. Well, I'm here to tell you that recently I was burned with reviews for a number of products that I'm having to return. This is especially true of movies. I've watched a few recently, despite the bad reviews, and I was so glad I did. Uh, Of all the movies I've watched since October, only one with terrible reviews has completely burned me, and that was The Courier. That movie legitimately had huge problems. It was supposed to be an action movie, and the action was very slow. It wasn't well filmed. One of the actors was literally not trying at all. It was amazing. And it's funny because I was watching him. I'm like, he looks really familiar, but he must be some guy that they just grabbed out of one of the uh, other departments at the movie studio. And it turned out he was the guy who played Peter from the Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) And I can go into great depth as to what I didn't like about the movie and why I felt that it failed and specifically where they fell short here and there. And I feel like that helps contribute to the conversation of why someone should or should not watch a particular movie. When you just say, I didn't like it, it's hard because people want to respect your opinion, especially if they know you, but that doesn't really tell them anything about what to expect. And without spoilers, it can be hard, I admit. And maybe this is a controversial opinion that you should keep your opinion to yourself if you can't extrapolate on it. For example, I keep seeing people say, I really didn't like X. And then the very first question they get is, well, why didn't you like it? And they're like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, that doesn't help. I mean, you just threw out something that isn't going to really contribute to the person's desire to do it or not. Now they still have no information, really, other than the fact that you didn't enjoy it. And now they get to go in with a lowered expectation or even feel slightly tainted about it. And this has been true of the movie Tenet as well. I keep hearing people say, oh, I heard bad things about it. Now, this is one movie I haven't actually seen any complaints about. And I'm not sure what they're talking about. I watched it and I just thought it was fantastic. A close friend of mine saw it three times. Twice in the theater, even during COVID. Then he bought it and watched it again. I mean, this was a no-brainer to buy anyway. I mean, Christopher Nolan has really failed, in my opinion. I know some people don't like the Dark Knight Rises, but even that, I'm not entirely sure what their problems were. So, when you hear people talk about Tenet, you kind of expect them to at least say, it was really confusing, and I couldn't understand what was going on. The actors were not doing a very good job of opening their mouths. Because that is one thing I heard that people couldn't understand the actors at the beginning. But that wasn't necessarily a negative. They just said that they were having a hard time hearing them speak. And that could have been a theater problem or a speaker problem. I saw Serenity near the end of its run at a theater near my house. And I'm not sure what happened. But had I not seen it four or five times before that, I probably would have had no idea what was going on. At least from a dialogue perspective. Because it was just warbled and messy. And if that's the problem that people had with a movie, then I think the movie can be excused as technical issues interfering with the experience. But at least those people who have had thoughts about Tenet have been able to articulate them and really go into depth. So I kind of feel like if you do want to say something is really bad, 
then you should at least have one reason, if not multiple reasons. Now, back to Wonder Woman briefly, uh, the people who have gone off on that have primarily had things to say. You know, they didn't like the Steve Trevor plotline, they thought the action was bad, they didn't like the CG, they didn't like the main villain, whatever the case, people have been able to articulate their, their problems with Wonder Woman. I didn't necessarily agree with them, but as far as conveying the general disdain for what they saw, people have been very, very good about that. Um, then there are those folks who are just like tossing out some harsh commentary about all things DC, you know, doing a blanket statement. Everything DC does is hot garbage with the exception of the Nolan Batman trilogy. Uh, Suicide Squad is just complete garbage. It's hard to really agree with that considering how well it did, how many people obviously had to have seen it multiple times to generate the numbers they did. The fact that they're making a sequel, I don't know, you know, I didn't have a problem with that movie either. I had a lot of fun. And maybe maybe my perspective is now changed. I used to be a lot more harsh towards movies. And I think that the last year, or even two, but 2020 in particular, has really softened my perspective on cinema and entertainment. Now, I just go in to be distracted and focus my attention on something else besides everything going on in the world. And yeah, I still nitpick stuff and I come up with problems. I can come up with problems for my favorite topics, my favorite games, my favorite movies. I have ways to nitpick them all, but that doesn't necessarily mean I didn't enjoy it. So, you know, speaking back on Tenet, I I didn't really have a complaint about the movie. Uh, Even after I'd watched it twice, I still thought it was great. I don't like it as much as I liked Inception, but that's nothing against Tenet. I just found that the crew they pulled together to make Inception was absolute magic. That was an ensemble of perfection. And while the folks in Tenet are fantastic, they just, they aren't quite to the same caliber as the folks in Inception for me. I I enjoyed the chemistry going on, and I felt like the team was better defined in Inception than in Tenet. But, you know, one of the things that I heard that I loved about Tenet is that people said that Tenet is its own sequel. (laughs) And that is very true. So I do highly recommend Tenet. I do not highly recommend Wonder Woman simply because it is so divisive and people have had such varying experiences watching it from I absolutely loved it to absolutely hated it. I really think that, you know, while it's on HBO Max, there's no reason not to watch it. But if you haven't caught it by now, number one, you probably didn't care enough to to see it in the first place. And number two, if you didn't care much enough to see it way back on Christmas, then you could probably wait until it's completely free and you might even enjoy it more then because then you won't have paid anything at all. So uh, Wonder Woman, I think you could you could give that one a pass for now if you haven't seen it already. And if you have seen it, you've already got an opinion. You've probably already told someone about it and uh, you, you may have even moved on. So I'm going to talk about a far more ridiculous movie called Fat Man. It's a Mel Gibson movie. He basically plays Santa Claus, and it's it's utterly ridiculous. Uh, a lot of people have said it is a movie nobody asked for and nobody wanted, and I can kind of see that. 
I do understand that perspective. When I watched it, I did have fun, but I had to question who thought this was necessary the whole time. One of the biggest problems that Fat Man has is that it develops this world that it sort of scratches at the surface of, but it never goes deep enough to really feel like they were serious about making the movie to begin with. It's fairly short, and I'm not entirely sure I could explain what the real point of it is. It's really cynical, and they have caricatures for the people. But despite all that, it's still entertaining. Um, I know a lot of people are mad about Mel Gibson even being allowed to be in movies anymore because of his past and the things he does in his personal life. And he is completely out of control. There's no denying that. But as far as a movie goes, eh, I was glad I saw it. A friend who I don't talk to very often came out of the blue and sent me a message and said, Whatever you're doing, drop it. Go watch Fat Man right now. And I do trust his opinion enough to have complied. And I'm not, I'm not sad I did. Uh, in fact, I started watching it and I anticipated I'd watch the rest of the next day and ended up watching it all right then. Um, it's pretty insane. If you watch the trailer, you probably will get almost everything you need out of that movie. It is not a fair depiction of what you're going to get if you watch the thing but the trailer does kind of sum up all of the more dramatic parts so if this is a movie that you're only mildly curious about because you've heard some people talk about it you probably could get you know enough enjoyment out of the trailer to be like okay yeah that's not for me or maybe you'd be like holy crap this is exactly what i need right now i'm watching this uh it's almost like somebody saw it and thought you know what i think that we need to answer the christmas chronicles with an r-rated assassin movie about santa claus I don't know how you get there. I don't know what you got to be doing to think that that's a good idea or to even drum up that concept, but that feels like what happened. So that's it for movies. Last thing we're going to talk about is Doctor Who. I recently finished the Jodie Whittaker run of Doctor Who up to this point. That includes the holiday special that just came out. Um, Obviously, we're waiting on the next uh, season. And... This is another case of bad reviews nearly burning me. Um, There's just been so many terrible reviews about Jodie Whittaker's run as the Doctor that I was very hesitant to dive in. And then I received a bunch of spoilers because I don't keep up with many things uh, real time. Generally wait until they're all available and then watch them all in a short order. And so I knew what was coming at the end of this season. I knew what they were going to discuss and uh, rewrite some some canon for the story, that sort of thing. Um, Knowing that going in, maybe it helped a little. And maybe that's why I wasn't quite as negative as other people. But for the most part, I felt like every episode in Jody's run so far has been solid. I have not found myself going, really, what's going on here? on any of the episodes. And I can't say that for the previous Doctors. All the way back to Chris, there was at least one episode in every season up to recent times that I was like, wow, that one was that one was a little subpar. I didn't feel that way with Jody. However, on that same note, I didn't find any of the great highs in Jody's episodes either. So 
the greatest of episodes from David, Matt, Peter, and Chris, those stand out as some of the best TV I've ever seen. Jody's episodes never come to that level. So they're basically all good. Not great. Not terrible. They're all pretty much middle of the road. Which is kind of nice. Because at least there's some consistency there. I know a lot of people complained about the three companions. I can't really say anything about that. I mean, I love the first Doctor. William Hartnell had three companions for quite a while. And they were great. So, these three people are actually really fun. And I think they use them well. There's only a few times in the seasons that I was like, ooh, they didn't really have anything for him to do. Um, And that's one of the reasons that uh, Harry left the fourth Doctor. You know, they didn't think they were going to get a younger Doctor who could run around and do all the physical stuff. So they brought in a younger actor to to do that kind of action role. And then once they realized they didn't need him, they, they wrote him off and he, he was gone. And, um, so I thought that having two companions at that point was fine. And there are three companions for the fifth doctor for a little while. So I'm not sure why people got hung up on that. There was a precedent. And I guess one of the things is you really have to remember that, the modern Doctor Who does call back to the classic Doctor Who quite often. Uh, there's pictures of characters. There's a lot of little reminders to tell you. This is not a reboot. This is a continuation. And if you think about that, and if you think about some of the ridiculous monsters that came at Tom Baker or any of the Doctors back then, you know, paper mache monsters controlled by wires or even some poor bastard who had to put it on, then you can forgive quite a bit about the new Doctor Who. One of the things that I've talked about before on this podcast is they really do need to go back to the serial um, format of the classic Doctor Who, where an episode is four episodes long at 30, 20, 20 to 30 minutes long each to give a full story as opposed to these 45 minute wrap-ups they're just they're too quick and oftentimes the concepts they're introducing are too intense for such a short period of time yeah sometimes they do a two-parter and those really do help those are a lot closer to the original serial length and i like those a lot better but i kind of feel like doctor who would benefit from a six episode story arc for a season now i do understand there is a there is a risk there Uh, With 10 to 13 episodes that are more standalone, you have a greater chance of appealing to a wider audience. So if you do a six-episode arc and it happens to be about the Cybermen and there's a huge population that hates Cybermen, then you've just lost all of them for a whole season. So I can see how that would be a problem. But they obviously didn't worry about the four-episode story arcs back in the old days. And maybe it's because people were more forgiving Uh, They didn't have brigading going on, hitting IMDb and just wrecking stuff for whatever reason. I don't think the people at the BBC worry too much about that, or they would have gotten rid of Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker a long time ago. But instead, they've stood behind them, even with these dwindling viewer numbers. I was looking at the Christmas specials versus what just happened, and it was roughly around 4 million people watched the uh, holiday specials for Jody, And back in the David era, there were well over 8 million people tuning in. 
I can't speak to why those numbers exist or how that happened, but it should be telling to the BBC that something about the show isn't clicking with people. I don't think it's solely that a bunch of people are curmudgeon jerks who don't like the uh, the female doctor. I don't think that's it. Um, I also don't think that the kitschy internet speak calling the team fam or any of that stuff, I don't really see that being the problem. It doesn't happen often enough to grate on any but the most serious uh, anger challenged person i expected it to be a lot more annoying than it was and it and when it does happen the team itself is just like really again Uh, so they they poke fun (laughs) at that stuff i mean the doctor does insane things and i mean maybe when matt's doctor took over and he was on and on about the bow tie and all of that stuff. Maybe that annoyed people too. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to it as it was happening back then. But um, there, there are quirks that you either like or don't. And, you know, they, they stick with it. And they don't necessarily compromise, I guess. Until poor Sylvester McCoy happened. But bottom line is i think that if you liked the classic doctor who you probably would like jody's doctor as well and if you don't like it i think that you really do need to take a step back and decide what it is you really don't like about it it can't be all the little nitpicky things like what the doctor says here and there the kinds of attitude the character expresses because uh, that's that is the character I mean, the character does that crazy stuff all the time and has always said insane things uh, and tried to fit in and and whatever. So I think that you need to figure out maybe, maybe I just don't like Doctor Who anymore because it has moved around a lot. It's changed. And they weren't afraid to make Doctor Who change. Uh, Sometimes I felt like they went in the wrong direction. So it's not like I give them a complete pass. But ultimately, it's their creation. And I think they're doing a pretty good job of keeping it current and moving it around uh, and making sure that it remains relevant. Now, whether or not you agree with their decision for the big canon change, uh, it's important to remember that Doctor Who is kind of a comic book. <laughs> Even all the way back in the old series, they showed Tom Baker uh, express that they had a lot more incarnations than just the three before him. And if you remember that, then it's a lot easier to take the idea of the timeless child, for example. But it's also very possible that the master manipulated the Matrix and made the Doctor have an experience that wasn't true. And I mean, that can be explained away very easily if they decide to go there. I don't think it was necessary to make the doctor a uh, sort of crazy extra dimensional being that was more powerful or dramatically different than the Time Lords. I don't think that was necessary. I also was not offended by it. It seemed fine to me. If the next showrunner doesn't undo all that stuff, which 
They have done before. I mean, Steve Moffat undid the fact that Gallifrey was destroyed. So, if the next person doesn't, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, at the core, the character remained the same. An eccentric alien roaming around the universe, saving people, running around in corridors. Let's talk about the social commentary aspect of this show. Because this season was a lot more heavy-handed than previous seasons had been. And oftentimes, you could ignore whatever message they had and just get caught up in the adventure of the moment, whatever it happened to be. Whatever they happened to be doing, you could ignore the fact that they were kind of saying something and just appreciate it for the story aspect. Uh, In other words, the metaphor was so light that you didn't have to pay attention to it if you didn't want to. And if later on you were thinking about it and it struck a chord, then yay, they did a good job. But if not, then, you know, whatever. You you enjoyed a, a fun episode and, and you moved on. With Jody, I think that they were like, no, these issues are so important to us that we're going to drive them home hard. And you are going to think about them, whether you want to or not. I mean, a lot of science fiction does that. Uh, the old Star Trek series was was particularly intense when it came to that kind of thing. I don't have a problem with science fiction using the medium to cast a light on a problem. I don't even care if that light is so stark I can't ignore it. As long as the rest of the story was good, then the more you know, quote-unquote, at the end, that's fine for me. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I understand why it can bother some people because, much like I mentioned earlier, I've been watching entertainment to be distracted from the crap going on elsewhere. Literally at any moment, I can go on Google News and be disturbed and be called out for my social responsibility. Uh, When I turn to a movie or a TV show, I get it. I want to be distracted too. And... Independent movies tend to also be pretty intense when it comes to trying to get you to think about whatever social issue they particularly care about. So, I get it, but at the same time, science fiction has always been a lens for us to look at our problems through. And whether that lens is super sharp or fuzzy, it doesn't matter. That's just how it is. Now, I think they're going to tone that down in the next series. Um... And I don't think we're going to see it quite as intense uh, going forward. I do think they listen to some extent. I mean, for example, Jody's first season has no classic Doctor Who villains. Then the next season just crammed them all in there. <laughs> you get to see them all. Uh, it's almost like somebody told him, hey, you need to throw some of that in. And he's like, yeah, watch this. I'm going to go crazy. And he did. Uh, in fact, I think he went a little overboard. Uh, with the way that he did it. In fact, the Master didn't have hardly any time with us in that incarnation before getting wiped out. I mean, who knows? He'll probably come back, but whatever. Uh, I think that ultimately, we're going to see a lot of changes in the next season, even if it is Jody's last. Uh, Final point I really want to talk about here, and this is just more of a question, but I'm very interested who they're going to get to be the next Doctor. I've heard a lot of rumors Uh, I even heard that Michael Sheen was on that list, and 
obviously it's just guesswork at this point, but I'd love to know what everyone else thinks about it. I'm going to start a post on Facebook and see if I can get some engagement and find out who people would really love to be the next Doctor. Because Jodie is very probably going to leave at the end of the next one. It'll be her third season. She's going to follow the footsteps of her predecessors and uh, walk away before it gets too long in the tooth. So, who would you love to see as the next Doctor? Do you even have an opinion? Have you checked out already? Or are you just kind of lingering on the uh, on the outskirts waiting to see what happens? Wherever you are on that topic, I want to take a moment and thank you very much for stopping by and listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, please visit the website at www.societycasefiles.com or hop over and support the project at www.ko-fi.com slash societycasefiles. I've got a whole lot of material coming out in the next few weeks. More comics, some book stuff, audiobooks, music. Please make sure you visit us frequently and keep in touch. See what we've got going on. Thanks again. Have a great week. <music>